Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Watchstander Series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game in 2023. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is ranked in the top 100 management podcasts in the U.S., and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about influential writing and the role ChatGPT may play in the future. As you know, ChatGPT is a chatbot developed by OpenAI and was launched in November of 2022. And my guest today is Rob Ashton. Rob returns to the show to help us understand this new tool and how it might be used in business in the future. Rob has been researching the science behind influential writing for more than seven years, and he's the right guy to help us get a handle on this important issue. If you want to be a more effective communicator and you're wondering about ChatGPT, this is your episode. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Rob Ashton. Rob is a returning guest, and you might remember him from back on episode 105. Rob is a writer who focuses on the hidden brain science on how the things we read and write influence what we think and do. Now, he's been researching the science behind the process of reading and writing for more than seven years. Rob is also the founder of the global learning company, Ephesus, where he specializes in written communication and has thus far enabled over 80,000 people 
to make more impact with their professional writing. In his estimation, much of the written communication of leaders simply doesn't work, and I'm excited to have him back on the show to talk about the importance of the written word in leadership. So, Rob, welcome back to the show. John, it's great to be back. Thanks for inviting me. Well, I had to get you back because I really felt like we just scratched the surface of this important issue. In fact, when I first had you on the show, I didn't anticipate the kind of response I'd have to the show and and the, and the I would say the learning I had throughout the discussion because I think that we take the written word for granted often. Is that what you typically think with leaders? I think we all do. I think we've become you know we've become ever more reliant on the written word but without realizing it you know it's uh, it, it, uh, the example i always give is you know if my phone rings i assume something's wrong and you know despite the fact it's called a phone <laughs> we very rarely use it for 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 speaking and and what are we doing when we're not speaking and and you know we're not watching cat videos we're you know we're, we're using it for for writing we just don't think of it as writing so it's it's hidden in plain sight uh, and if if my memory serves me right, we uh, sent and received an estimated 339 billion emails every single day last year, you know, and that's, that figure's gone up since we last spoke, you know, because it's an annual rise of 20 billion a day. So it's kind of, it's huge. We write all the time. We just don't see it. Yeah, and it's in everything that we do. And we talked last time about the fact that, you know, we had, we were in the middle of the pandemic and and uh, and so a lot of it went towards a lot of writing, a lot more email, a lot more text messages, a lot more uh, Slack channels, and and all of that is writing. All that is, you know, and we don't even think about it, but it is it it, it is it is the written word, and it's and it's something that is um, I don't say it's it definitely we we talked about last time. There can be translation issues on the front and the back end of the written word, and that's that's part of our challenge and things that we have to watch out for when it comes to writing. Yeah, so so it's the the trouble is that um, when we write, we are we're playing a backing track in our heads, you know. So we can, and it's it's a bit like when you listen to your favorite music in in your in your ear with your earbuds, you know. You can you can hear this backing track and you sing along, and it sounds amazing to you because you can hear the backing track. But you know, it sounds awful to everybody else. I'm sure your singing doesn't sound awful, John. But you, you know, um, and. And that the same thing is happening when we're writing. You know, we're, writing is actually is something we didn't evolve to do. Uh, we've only been doing it as a species for five thousand years, and for most, you know, for, for all but the most uh, the most recent two hundred years, most of the human race wasn't using writing. You know, so it only became widely available two hundred years ago. That's nowhere near enough time to evolve any changes in the brain to 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 accommodate it. Um, so it's just something that we do through joining together parts of the brain that we evolved for other things, um, not just sight, not just vision, um, but hearing uh, and even even voice production. When we're reading, the, the fast twitch muscles of the larynx are vibrating even though we're not aware of it and we're not actually reading out loud. So all these parts of the brain are joined together and lots of other parts too. And there's an awful lot going on. Now, it's kind of an illusion reading because uh, reading and writing because w when you're writing, 
you have all of that going on, but you have this backing track, you have all of your thoughts, you have the context, you have what's important in your life today, what, you know, if you're a leader, what's, you know, what pressure you're under. Um, and and you bring you bring all of that context to bear when you are writing, but the reader usually doesn't get to see or hear that backing track at all. What they get is a series of dots and squiggles on a screen, which they then have to use this brain hack, if you like, to translate back into a voice in their head. It's probably not the same voice that you had in your head when you were writing, and they don't have the backing track. So I think when you think of it that way, it's really a miracle that it ever works. You know, <laughs> kind of, it's it's just it's an accident waiting to happen, uh, and the fact we've become reliant on this on this what is essentially a new technology, and I yeah. don't mean I don't mean the smartphone, I mean the written word. Um, it, you know, it's it, it's amazing, it's made it enabled us to do wonderful things. But it's it's not surprising that uh, things get a little lost in translation sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. When you explain it that way, it it makes sense to me. You know, I think of thirty years of, you know, in in lead, in a leadership role, and I think of the number of times there's been miscommunication and there's been conflict because of it, or something doesn't get done because of it, and it was all because there was a different track being played by the writer and the reader and the translation just didn't, didn't make, didn't, didn't work. You know, I, I meant for you to do this. Well, I didn't know you meant that I did this, which was completely different. And I see that, uh, I saw that a lot throughout my career and I never really thought about the idea of, you know, we've got, uh, you've got a, you've got a writer on one side with a track and you've got a reader on the other side with a different track. And, 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 and a lot of times that doesn't, doesn't connect. So I was thinking about this, um, you know, how should leaders, you know, as we're talking about communicating with people to try to get things done, right. Coordinate activities, um, you know, do difficult things in the world. How should we be thinking about the written word as leaders? This is not a very helpful answer, but it's it's a huge topic, and you know there is no one size fits all. Um, but I think the first thing is to be aware of how different it is, um, and that is, you know, that's a pretty good start. Just that awareness, being being aware that you are using a suboptimal method of communication for the human brain, not for not for time management, not for. Um, not for communicating with people in different time zones, um, not for communicating to lots of people in one go. It's great. It's great for all of those things, um, but when it comes to just getting a getting a thought from one human brain to another, the written word is suboptimal. You know, it is you. You are you are at a disadvantage. Um, Yes, use it. You know, I, I'm like anybody else. I write far more than I than I speak, um, in, in, especially in a professional context. Although we even seem to text message my kids here in the house. You know, it's kind of is we just all become. You know, and I spe- I think especially with with Gen Z as well. You know, it's kind of like, you know, why are you speaking to me? Can you not send me a message? <laughs> um, but but I, but I think with. Um, with leaders, you know, you've got to kind of break things down, and you've got to say, okay, right, what's the what's the the, the best thing you can do is to try to imagine what it's like to receive your message. Now, mm. that's very difficult because I've said, you know, you're you're playing this backing track um, in your head, your own backing track. So, um, 
you've got to find a way to stop that backing track. Uh, you know that we we read through expectations, through prediction. Okay, so it, the the reason we can read so quickly is because it's it's ninety percent hallucination. You know, it's ninety percent what we're expecting to see, hmm. and that's true when you're. That's especially true when you're reading what you've written, um, because of course you know you're. Of course, you, you know what you've written. You wrote it, you know. So, and you've just written it. So, so of course, you know what you're saying in scare quotes. You know, um, the person reading it um, will, yes, they'll have their own backing track, but they'll be predicting too. So, they'll, they'll have their own agenda. They'll be. They could be anywhere. Um, they could be upset. They could be. They could be stressed. They probably are. Um, certainly, probably got too much on. And so they'll be skim reading and they'll be predicting. They won't be seeing what's there. They'll be seeing what they expect to see. What happens in the brain, as far as we can tell so far, um, is that the eye doesn't can't take in. The structure of the eye is not complex enough to take in all the things we see generally. Um, so we just we just it, it, we we have these mental models. We have this expectation, the things we expect to see, um, and nowhere is that more. Um, important and evident than when it comes to reading. So what actually happens is the brain creates an error signal. It looks at what it sees and it looks at what it expected and it matches the two and it says, what's different? And then that's the bit that gets sent to the visual cortex. Um, so, you know, when you are, when you're writing to someone, you need to know that you, you know, you're not going to, you not, it's be very, very difficult to anticipate how it will be received um, and what's actually there. So, you need to disconnect the soundtrack. You need to disconnect your soundtrack. You know, you need to do everything you can to lower the uh, the, the 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 amount of um, the, the the extent to which you're using expectation and prediction. And you can do that by um, you can you can do that by reading it out loud because that that slows down the reading process and, and means that expectation is less of a factor. Um, you can use a screen reader to read it. I mean, these sound extreme, okay? But, you know, and I'm not saying you do this for every message, but if it's really important, you know, do some of these. Um, print it out, okay? Not very eco-friendly, um, but you could try sending it to yourself as an email uh, and maybe looking at it on your phone instead of on your laptop or vice versa. So so what you're doing is you're kind of, you're short-circuiting the expectation effect and making it look different. I mean, the best way to do it is time. Because if you've forgotten what you wrote, then your ex, you know, you're not going to be expectation is not going to be um, there as much. You know, you're, gonna, you're reading something much more uh, in the way that in the way that the recipient would read it. So you know, if you leaders are under pressure when you write something, you want to send it now, right? You know, but if there's any way that you can not send it now and you can look at it tomorrow, you will have forgotten. A lot of the context, you'll, you'll have probably have a different backing track in your head by then. Um, and you've got a, a much better chance then of seeing it as as the reader will see it. I really like that. That's great advice. I know like one of the things I've always used is I like to um, use the audio. I'll, I'll play back a, a audio reader and it, it's nice to just, and then you sort of sit back, don't look at the words, but listen to the voice and you're all of a sudden you'll say, Oh shoot, I that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Or I'm missing a word here, or I've got the wrong word here. And that that's always been one. And like you said, we're changing the, 
we're, we're changing the way we're looking. We're not looking at the words, we're hearing it. And, uh, and then you might be able to catch something that you, you didn't expect. And, you know, I was going to say too, as a, as a guy who wrote three books, I can tell you that I, I will look at a manuscript and I like, I don't find any errors and I'll run it through like Grammarly or something. And I'll find all these errors. I'm like, where did those errors come from there? I don't see it because I had, I knew yeah, I was so familiar with the text that I couldn't see the errors in it. Like, like you were talking about your, your brain, my brain filled in the blanks that, that were missing. And uh, so I've seen that a lot in my own personal writing is that you, your brain creates a model and it's sort of like you said, it's seeing what's different from expectations. And if there's nothing there, you're good to go. And uh, sadly, you know, there are, there are often errors in our own personal writing. We don't see it because we for, our model says everything's perfect, you know? You know, to, just to add to that, um, the, 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 it's like God's little joke. You know, the things that, are, the things that are biggest, you know, written in the largest type, typeface, um, those are the things we're, we're le the least likely to, um, to, to view accurately. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it's because, the the area the the area of fine focus on the retina, um, you know, tiny, uh, and there is a limit to to how much you know how, how much information it can it can contain. If you've got if you're reading something in an eleven point font, you know, you read that and you can you can read like uh, I don't know sort of seven eight letters something like that. Um, if you're reading it in thirty six point font, you'll probably see like you know half of the letter T. You know, it's kind of like so. So you don't see it until it's there. You know, you know. It, so you're delivering your PowerPoint presentation to, a, to right. an auditorium of thousand people, and then you know they can see it because they've got the distance. You can see it because you know you wrote it two weeks ago, uh, and you know, and you're not so familiar with it. Um, and it's only then that you spot your our biggest error, your biggest errors, you know, and we, and we all do that. You know, it's just, um, once you dig into it, it's, it's fascinating. I think so anyway. Yeah, I, I really do too as well. What would you say if you were saying some of the common mistakes that leaders make in written communication, what would some of those be if you're just, you know, I, I you know, spitballing some things that we should be watching out for? I would say, um, never, ever email uh, or write under the influence of emotion. Hmm. Uh, that's that's the the trouble is that we are um, we think on our screens at the moment in these days. You know, we we think on our laptops, on our phones, um, and when we are in that situation, we are in we are solitary. Generally, you know, we we it's a, it's a solitary activity. We're in our own little world, um, and we can get very irritated by things uh, that may have nothing to do with what we're reading. Um, and those will come to play you know, when come into play when you're, when you're writing. So, you know, if you get an, if you get an email, you get a message, um, that, that annoys you, um, everything will be screaming, oh, I'm just going to reply. Uh, and the, I think one of the best disciplines you can develop as a leader is not to do that. Never ever to, to reply or, or write under the influence of emotion, um, I would say also don't start with bad news. Don't start um, with, um, you know, if something needs to change, if something is happening um, that the other person isn't expecting and they might react negatively to it, don't just go straight in with it. You know, don't say, I'm canceling leave next week. You know, you've got to get people nodding first. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying you're, bur I'm not talking about burying the bad news. I'm not talking about, 
about hiding anything. Um, but you've got to open the right folders in the brain first. You know, if you if you don't start with the situation before you move on to, you know, what's changed, um, you know, you need then it's it's like being punched in the face. You know, you're never going to get a great reaction to that. So you need to just kind of set the context, if you like, and that, that runs counter to what what we hear. You, you know, it's it's all about you know we're told it's all about efficiency. You know, use use lots of bullet points. You know, just get the notes across. Um, write, and write a subject line that makes sense on its own, which you should do, by the way. Um, but, you know, you've got to remember that you are not just that it's a suboptimal mode of, uh, method of communication, but you are dealing with a human um, and, you're, you know, and, and that you're dealing with another, that you're dealing with a human with all our human frailties, but you, you are speaking, you are communicating with another person. You are not on your own. You know, it's a, it's a social or joint exchange um whereas you know when we're writing it's a solitary thing so you think it's just you and there's this person you're probably not even thinking about that much mm. um so it's do everything you can to put yourself in the recipient's shoes um the other the other, and the third thing i'll add in is that you can you can get across far less information than you think you can in in a um in, a, in an email or a message or, or even in a in a report actually um, because of this expectation effect, because of the prediction, um, you know, and I, I've, I've even noticed something just the other day on on, um, on my company's website, you know, and you think we would know better, but this is kind of really as a result of doing this extra research um, on prediction that I can see it differently now. But we were wondering why um, people were not going to the right web page. You know, we, we ran two types of course, one aimed at, one aimed at teams and for you know, companies and one aimed at individuals. And um, if you look at the text on the on the website, um, it, it says, you know, we run. If if, if you want, if you, if you're here for a course, uh, and and it's for training. If you're here for training for yourself, click here. If you're here for training for your team, click here. And and the company gets lots of phone calls or and emails from people saying, do you do training for individuals or do you do training for teams? You know, and it says it it says it there and and. Colleagues said to me, you know, how can we make that clearer? I mean, it does say explicitly, yeah. and yet people aren't seeing it. And the reason is both of those sentences start with the same words. Yes. You know, if you are here for. <laughs> so they so and, and it's there's this prediction thing. So yeah. some, you know, we don't read, we scan, we skim, uh, we pick up nuggets of information, uh, and we fill in all the blanks. Um, and so that's that's the third thing is to remember that people are not reading; they're skimming, uh, and they're, yeah. they're probably not going to not going to have read all uh, that you've written. So um, you know, don't get annoyed with them if they if if they don't. It, it, it's just a human thing, uh, and it's uh, and of, and that that attention, that ability, that um, to to read accurately. Goes just just goes. It's it's not great to begin with, but you know if someone's tired, hungry, stressed, um, you know then that just that just cuts down almost to zero. You know, so so it's um, it's it goes wrong all the time. But this is this is why you know it's because we're human, and and so just remember you're writing to a human being, even if you know however much they've irritated you. I I love that, and we're just thinking, you know. we had mentioned it last time, and I was thinking as you were talking, do we need to think differently when we're communicating one-on-one or when we're writing something to one person versus a group of people? 
Is there any any thumb rules or things we should think about? Because I think it might be easy to put yourself in in your listener's shoes or your reader's shoes, I should say, um, if you're doing a one-on-one type of thing. But if you're sending it out to a group, which I do a lot, I send a note to all my employees, right? And I think that I'm communicating in a way that, you know, everyone will understand. But is there are there anything that we should think about when you're saying to a group versus like an individual? But I'd, I'd flip that. I would say when you're writing to a group, remember you're really writing to an individual many times. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like kind of go back to the, the days of the town square where a town crier would kind of ring a bell and ring out, the, you know, read out this 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 scroll, you know, to to every to the assembled masses, you know, it's you're you're writing to one person. You're writing to lots of individuals. They they won't read it as a community. They'll read it on their own. Um, and so, you know, if you if you if you err on the side of writing to an individual, generally, um, then you know you, you won't go far wrong. You know, it's okay. kind of just to just imagine one person. I remember years ago doing radio training, and uh, uh, and the trainers said, uh, "Look, I know you, you know, you might be speaking on the BBC, and there might be millions of people listening. You know, I hope, I wish, but you, you know, um, it, you know, it, it just it, you are not doing that. You're speaking to one person in their kitchen or in their car. It, you know, it's just one person. It's just a conversation with one person, lots of times, and it's the same with writing. Just imagine you're writing to one person, even if you're writing to two hundred. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutrition, habits and more to the next level with his step-by-step all-inclusive coaching program. Now I've worked with Jeremy for the past year and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built, and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, we've got something new out now that, uh, and I know you've looked at it, I've looked at it as well. It's called ChatGBT. Um Tell tell us a little bit about what it is from your understanding of it, and um, what what you've been learning as you've been uh, you know playing around with it a little bit. Yeah, I mean things are moving so quickly that there's a there's a big danger that even if you publish this tomorrow, you know, it's gonna, I'm going to yeah, be outdated. yeah, it'll be outdated, right? <laughs> uh, um, but um, as you know, at the time of recording, um, it so it, it's so it's this company called OpenAI. Um, it's got a bunch of investors, um, including Elon Musk. Um, and OpenAI has been um, working, uh, d- developing a, a large language model, a, a, a text-based uh, communication tool um, that, uh, or, a, or, tech, or generative tool, that's what the G stands for, um, that, that produces text, okay? Um, and uh, last November... The, the the leadership, as I understand it, of of uh, OpenAI said to uh, the developers, "We want you to ge- to to develop a chatbot um, that uses this this technology." And apparently, gave them two weeks to do it. So, so they kind of did this almost as an experiment, um, and that went live at the end of November 2022. And within five days, it had got its first million users. Mm. Um, and when I last checked, the estimates were that it had a hundred million users. That was oh, wow. January 23. Um, it's the apparently it's the most successful launch of any product in human history. Wow! Uh, you know the adoption curve on this thing is is just you know it, it's it's vertiginous. It just you know it just goes straight up. It, you know it's kind of you know this thing. Um, you know, a lot of people are playing with it. It's easy to forget that a lot of people haven't heard of it yet, um, because that's that's always the the way with new technology. But but this is really seems to have caught fire and and captured people's imagination. And what this thing does is, you know, you put in a query, um, a prompt to use the 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 the, the term that the the, um, the jargon, um, and it just generates a response, and it generates the response in a way that it, it's so realistic, John. You you just cannot. You wouldn't guess that a bot wrote it, and it's not just this is not a chat bot that you know, such as you might see if you're contacting customer services, you know, and you say, "My train was cancelled. Can I have a refund, please?" Uh, you know, and you get a one of three responses or something. You know, um, this thing will write to you in four sentences. It will write two, three hundred words. You, you know, it will kind of it would just spill out this this narrative, and you can say, "I want to write. A, I want to write a report to my to my team." 
um, on um, cost of living crisis or something like that, you know, and it said, can you write it? And it would say, sure. And it will write this, it will write this passage, you know, and it's, and you've told it nothing else. You know, it's, it's incredible. Um, I mean, it's not perfect. And, and of, you know, what it, what it's doing essentially is making things up a, a lot of the time. So, so, you know, touch on that in a second, but I just kind of want to say one thing, which is that I've spent the last 25 years trying to persuade people to take written communication seriously. Right. Um, and now we've got, now we've got, and people have often said, oh yeah, I don't really get it. You know, are we writing that much? I don't know. Does it matter that we speak to each other all the time? You know, kind of, kind of have some presentation skills training, you know, and, uh, and then along comes this tech that, that, that writes for people and, and it just, you know, just takes off completely, completely blows up. Yeah. Um, and I think that shows two things. One is that writing matters and two, that writing is hard and people want something that makes it easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, what it, what it does is it, 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 I talked about the, as humans, when we read, we predict, we predict what's coming next and what, what chat GPT does um, is, is the same thing. It takes a word and then it works out what the most common word is to come next and the most common word, is to, you know, but it uses probability. It's, yeah. it's like predictive texting on steroids. Um, but unless you, it's garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you, people complain, you know, if people say, well, I tried it and it was amazing, but when I looked at what I'd written, yeah, it was a bit kind of plain vanilla, you know, it was a bit there, you know, really, you know, it's kind of, it's nothing, nothing to set the world alight there. And that's the point, because what it, without context, what it will do is base it on probability, which means the average. What does the average person mm. say? What's the average kind of report? Yeah. You know, what's the average sentence that follows this sentence, you know? Um, and, you know, the average is probably a bit bland and a bit meh, you know? It's kind of like, so, so, so that's not surprising. Um, but what you can do is you can, you can program it. So as soon as you say... Um, as soon as you give it some context, as soon as you say, um, I, my team, I have a team of five people that they, they have this level of experience. These are the things they are most interested in. Um, I have to explain, um, that they're not going to get a pay raise this year. Um, give me five things I should be sure to cover in my email. So you kind of start, use it as that for, as an outline and, it, and, it would probably do a pretty good job there. Uh, and then if you say, don't talk about this, you know, <laughs> focus on this, focus on this bit, it will refine the list. And then you can say, write me an introduction that's going to get them on side. And then it will, you know, it, it will do that. And it, it's, it, it's so, it's spooky. You know, when you're looking at it, you, you think it's a human writing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, very dangerous. I mean, that's both amazing and very dangerous because it's seductive and you can think that it's a human writing, that it's a, you know, it's a virtual assistant who's read your mind. And you have to remember that this thing can't even see you. You know, it, it knows nothing. It knows nothing about you. Um, and it's also amoral. You know, it has no problem with making things up if it doesn't know them. Uh, so, you know, I, I was, I was researching a blog, blog post the other week and it, and it, uh, you know, I said, give me five papers on the, uh, language used on the psychology of language in, in dating profiles. And it said, sure, here are five papers. I thought, that's amazing. Said, Can you summarize them? And it said, sure, here's the summary. I thought, it's incredible. I've not seen, uh, some of these. Um, 
can you give me the links for them? So so it did. And then I looked and, you know, out of the list, out of two of the two of the five didn't exist. It just made them up. And none of the links were links to the papers. They were, I think one was, they were links to, you know, research papers in biochemistry or engineering. And there were nothing to do with psychology. Um, so it's early days. I think it's it feels like the Wild West at the moment. Um, but I also think that... Um, you know, we have no idea how this thing is going to affect us. If you think back to when we first got access to the internet and, you know, we didn't know how things were going to map out for, for the next few decades. Well, now I think we have no idea how things are going to map out for the next few months. You know, yeah. this thing is moving so, so quickly. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's amazing. It's And I also think that a lot of people will try it and, and they're trying it for quite bland, quite um, banal tasks. Um, and uh, it's a bit like when we first got access to Google Earth, you know, this amazing technology that had photographed everywhere on Earth, you know. And uh, um, when we go online and we go, right, I can see anywhere in the whole world. What am I going to look at? I know, I'll see what my house looks like from outside. I think that's what we're doing now with with this, you know, and it's, it's very, very early days, but very exciting times. Um, my advice would be use it as a use it as a, a digital intern, you know, and 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 remember it doesn't really know anything, uh, doesn't know you, but you can still get it to do a lot of the the kind of legwork for you before you finalize your report and before you you know use it as a research assistant, but carefully, you know, mm -hmm. don't don't a research assistant who is only started in the job today and you know may not have the brilliant attention span. So, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. I, and I think to myself, how much of text are we going to be reading six months from now that's AI generated? You know, that, you know, that's, I'd, and, and, and will we know? You know, that's, that's the other thing. We won't know. We yeah. won't know. You can say, you can say, um, you know, write me, you know, rewrite this in the, in the style of the New York Times. Um, and it will do it, and you look at it and go, yeah, that sounds about right, you know. And it, especially as we, as I said, we tend to skim things. I yeah. think that's the real danger: is that um, it, even its plain vanilla style, you know, this is out of the box style, is is dangerous because because it's unremarkable, because it's average. You know, it would just kind of it's like, oh yeah, it looks about right, yeah, nothing remarkable. But it, and so, I think it's. Um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it, it has a lot of implications, certainly for the spread of misinformation. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think we're going to. I think these are very exciting times, and one thing's for sure, we can't ignore it. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, I, I keep thinking about how it's going to be used and what are the potential. Like I put in there, you know, give me ten tweets on transformational leadership, and I look through the list. I'm like, that's pretty good, you know. Like, yeah. You know, like you said, a lot, a lot of plain vanilla stuff, but real good, you know, fundamental stuff about transformational leadership. And uh, so I wonder how much, you know, poor Elon Musk, right? How much is Twitter going to be just AI-generated tweets, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't feel too sorry for him since he's got a big stake in open AI as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of right. <laughs> uh, uh, um, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, absolutely. And, of course, it, you know, um, Microsoft have done a have licensed or done a big deal with OpenAI to to um, create uh, to, to kind of 
to to merge it with Bing, you know, I mean, you don't say I'm going to Bing something, do you? You know, it's no. kind of it's not something that that, that has, um, you know, obviously Google is the is uh, um, is dominant in search, but you know, I just wonder if the whole world of search will be turned up upside down if you know if um, Bing starts incorporating um, Chat GPT, which it will do. Um, and so, you know, you can imagine that instead of getting a list of links, you'll you'll get a, a summary of something, you know, and which is you know, and it's just scraped it from 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 lots of web pages. You know, it's yeah. kind of um, you know, if you're a creator, that's kind of worrying, you know, or if you're not yeah. credited. Yeah. So, so we you know we'll see we'll see where that goes. And then Google are not far behind because they they obviously see the danger and they they've they've got their chat bot called Bard. Um, and so they're going to be doing the same thing. And I think, well, if Bard, if they're incorporating Bard, if they're incorporating um, artificial intelligence in their search results, then can't be long before they start incorporating it in Google Docs as well. You know, so, you know, we'll, my guess is that maybe we'll start seeing, pretty soon we'll start seeing this in, in um, word processing software. You know, and you yeah, mentioned, yeah. I you know mentioned Microsoft. Of course, they've got Microsoft Word. You know, so it's the, it's. Um, I think things are about to change dramatically. Wow. Yeah, I really do, and I think you know because I'm I'm you know I think we mentioned I think I talked to you. I'm working on my you know my doctorate right now, and so I imagine universities are in a panic, right? How much are they going to be able to tell? You know, right now they have all these plagiarism tools. They can check to see, okay, how much of your paper you know, what percentage is potentially from other sources? Well, now, if you've got an AI-generated text, how are they going to tell? You know, how much... It's like, again, the, the, the to be able to check for cheating is going to be a, a whole nightmare for, I would say, the, the whole university system, I would imagine. It's an arms race. You, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's... Um, it, you, you're right. You know, the, you, these things pass a plagiarism check. You know, yeah. put them in yeah. and says, yeah. And the reason is they are original because it's just predicting. It's, you know, it's just coming up with a word, coming up with another word, coming up with a sentence. You know, it's actually making up as it goes along. So it's never, you know, it is it is original um, um, as far as I know. But, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, maybe it's using chunks of text. I don't know. But and that's the other thing. We don't actually know mm -hmm. how it's creating the, these things, um, it, how it's created everything it's written. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't know where it's got its information from. We don't know if it's made it up, um, and there are, there's at least one. You know, just a few weeks ago, um, uh, a developer released um, a, a check for for AI generated text, um, and I think there have been several released since then. But as far as I know, it's you know it's not a hundred percent. Um, and it also it also gives uh, false positives as well. So you could have mm -hmm. something you've written and they marked it up as um, AI generated. So yeah, I mean it, it's I know um, in uh, New York schools banned um, ChatGPT um, pretty quickly as of that was several weeks ago. Um, I don't know. You're dealing with kids and you're trying you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to outsmart kids when it comes to the use of tech, it's like, yeah, good luck with that. Let me let me know how that goes. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and I know other exam boards over here in the UK uh, or, or um, universities, I don't think the exam boards have caught up yet, but universities are, say, are starting to say, 
to to move away from essays as a as part of the coursework uh, as a way of of um you know as, as a way of gauging knowledge uh because you know it was bad before when you could just pay someone to write an essay now you can get chat gpt to do it for nothing in seconds you know it's um i think it's just turned so many things on 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 yeah. the head I absolutely. I, 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 I'm glad we've had this conversation and leaders who are listening in. I mean, this is something, that, you know, as you, as you said, Rob, it's going to be changing over the next several months. And you've got to, you've got to be aware of this and be aware of how it potentially could impact your business, right? Uh, from a good and a bad side, you know, can, are there ways that you could potentially use it uh, to save time and effort to, you know, or to help you, you know, remind you of things, you know, I was thinking like if you're trying to generate um, you know, sales copy on a new product, you might throw it in there and just see what comes out of it. It's like, oh, I didn't even think about this, you know, or like as a way to, you know, um, uh, kind of, you know, set a bug in your ears about something that you hadn't thought about before. Uh, so, so there's some, some good things you could use it for, but then also what are the things that potentially could be a risk to your business as well? I think it's just something you need to be aware of and need to follow it. And when you hear the words, uh, chat GPT, you should probably pay attention at least in in the next uh, you know year or so because I think uh, things are changing pretty fast. Yeah, they, they really are, and I, I think you know it, we could be scared of it, we could we can try and ignore it, um, or we can embrace it. You know, it's not it's not going away. Um, I think it it could be a good thing in, in many ways. You know, if it if it relieves you from the the grunt work, if you like, you know the you know, the crappy first draft that you have to write of your report, you know, if it will get you to that point more quickly and then um, and then you can edit it and you can rewrite it, then, you know, it's got to be a good thing. And it kind of elevates your position as a leader because you're no longer there burning the midnight oil on creating his first draft. Yeah, um, yeah. Or on just assembling things, you know, just, you know, assembling an outline of your report. Um, you know, the, I think what we will do is we will learn to use it. And this is something I'm very much focusing on now is saying how can we get people to use this technology um, so that they are um, it puts them back in the driving seat uh, but it do, it relieves them of the stuff they didn't want to do and frees them up for for the real thought leadership and and for um, you know so you become a director not you know not you're not your own intern you know you're not somebody who has to do the stuff you know on a Sunday night you know and, and it, I think it has great potential uh but you need to view it as you know you need to be the director the master of the ai um uh, uh, and that i think is is going to be um the way forward a bit like um you know autopilots in planes yeah. you, you know you still want a pilot you still need the, you still need <laughs> you can't just leave it completely and you need to know how to fly the plane um and you know you still it's a human in control and you know, lament it. You know, it's a bit like lamenting the 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 the, um, the the end of calligraphy as a skill. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I've I've spent all this time learning learning calligraphy, and now like this printing press comes along, and it, I don't have to do that. It's like, yeah, but think of all the things you can do. You know, it's it's it's. It, I think it's um, learning to embrace it and and get it to work for you. Is yeah. the key here, and I'm certainly doing a lot of work on that, and we'll be reporting back. Yeah, and I like what you said. You like, you know, some don't don't trust everything that's coming out of it. I mean, I think we we've grown to know that, like with Wikipedia, right? If you look something up quickly, you can get you can get quick information on Wikipedia on just about any topic, right? 
but you never take that to the bank. You sort of look at secondary sources and what have you. So I think in a similar, it's a piece of technology. It has its limitations, but it can give you some quick information quick, and then you need to, but don't don't copy paste, and that's that's life, right? So put the human element in there, you know, just like you said, with a pilot on autopilot, you've got a human there that's watching over it, and I think you need to watch over it as well. I've got it. Absolutely. There's one note of caution I really must sound, actually, which is that it, it, it's not confidential at the moment. You know, ChatGPT even warns you. It says, look, you know, the researchers might see this. We're using this is experimental. We're using yeah, it to develop the yeah. model. Um, so don't put confidential information in there. And that certainly rules out its use in a corporate environment. Um, and, you know, it's the, the I think that it will be a while before we see it adopted. Um, it, I mean, corporates are, are usually the last to to adopt um, new technology anyway, because their, their computer systems have to be locked down so much more than than for the small businesses. Um, but yeah, be very. It's not just be careful about what it what it churns out. Be careful about what you put in as well. Mm, great advice. Great advice. Wow, really good. That's the first discussion on it, and and I I've been playing with it as well, and and I have my brain is, you know, kind of on overload. Is like okay. What does this mean for the future? What does it mean for our businesses? What does it mean for, um, you know, just like we're talking about academics in the future? It's just a lot of things to think about. So, but again, the best thing to do right now is to be informed, stay, you know, if you see articles, if you if you see people talking about it, it's good to keep an ear to it because this is definitely an evolving issue that we have to, as leaders, keep, keep an eye on for sure. So uh, what are you working on these days? Well, I, I was working on my book, um, but right now I'm, I'm um, spending a lot of time on social media for for good or bad. Um, what I'm really trying to do, particularly on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn at the moment, is is trying to create original content that raises awareness of the importance of the written word um, and it helps people uh, apply the 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 insights from from psychology and neuroscience that I've been uncovering. Uh, so, you know, for people who didn't hear the the, the first interview, I, you know, I've been I spend all my time delving into academic research into how we read and then trying to help people apply that in in the workplace because it's outside of academia most of the stuff is it doesn't hasn't really had an airing um, and there's an awful lot of stuff that is in um, uh, leadership training, dare I say, you know, and, and certainly on social media, that's you know, it's kind of not strictly accurate and sometimes it's just not right at all um, and flies in the face of the evidence. So I'm trying to raise awareness of that and trying to redress the balance. Um, and yeah, it's kind of that I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on there. I'm very active on LinkedIn, uh, just uh, trying to move the conversation forward. Uh, if anybody wants to connect with me, then you know they should definitely feel free to to reach out or or just follow, um, uh, because I, you know, it's um, it's about um, having a two way conversation and and just trying to to move us forward on this. And I, I think there's there's so much, you know, once people start applying this, once they know about it, um, a lot of things become a lot easier. Now, mm. you know, as you know, books take a long time to write and publish. I'm putting this stuff out there now. So that's that's my main focus is LinkedIn. Excellent. Okay. And how can people 
uh, find you and find out, find out more about you, your company, and uh, anything else? Well, on, on LinkedIn, I'm Rob Ashton One. If you just put uh, Rob Ashton, uh, you should find me cause, because I'm quite active. Uh, Rob Ashton UK, if that, if that doesn't bring it up. Um, uh, the, the writing skills training company you mentioned, Emphasis, is very active. So um, there's a lot of stuff on on the website there. It's got an excellent blog. Uh, and it's a lot of information people can can uh, get there uh, totally free as well as find out about training, of course. And that's just simply writing-skills.com. And there's my website, which is robashton.com. And I have a free course, uh, which um, is audio and text-based for obvious reasons, uh, yeah. where I where I talk about this this brain science and applying it to writing. That's just robashton.com. Okay, fantastic. We're going to put links in the show notes for those resources. You know, uh, leaders, this is a lot of a lot of good stuff here. Um, the written, we do spend a lot of time writing, and we do spend a lot of time reading. And I think what Rob is helping us understand is where there's often times uh, we we miss things. Uh, translation, it's it's missed. The message is missed. Uh, even when we spend a lot of time thinking about it. So um, so I really encourage you to check out his resources, dig a little deeper in here and understand the power of the written word. It's not uh, it's not as easy as you think. It's not as straightforward as you think. Our brains are still working to understand it. We've only been doing this for about 5,000 years. Is that what you said, Rob? We, so, uh, and it may have 5,000 years. Yeah, and it takes millions of years to really to, to, to learn a skill, and we're just in that early stages of that. So... Um, so really take a look at his resources. And again, I encourage leaders that uh, to start thinking about the written word more than what you think might be obvious. So Rob, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for sharing all this. And 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 again, um, and thanks for kind of getting us to start thinking about uh, this chat GPT and what that might be doing in the world. So, and uh, I know it's, it's, it's new to you. It's new to me. It's new to everyone. But I think you've given us some things to think about. And I really do appreciate that. Thanks, John. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the shit? No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown.
On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.